Hello and welcome to Management for Startups. Management for Startups is about learning management in small teams, businesses and organizations between 2 and 150 people. My name is Cedric. This podcast is never longer than 15 minutes, so let's get started. Today, I want to talk about working from home temporarily, right? To sort of talk about if you are a manager in a startup and you're forced to work from home, but your company is not normally set up for remote work configuration, right? So, which, is, which means to say that normally you work out of an office and now you're forced to work in a remote team configuration because everybody is forced to work from home due to the COVID-19 global pandemic that is sweeping through the world. So I want to talk a little about some tips, things to watch out for, especially if you've never done a remote work configuration before, because because I, you know, from personal experience, it's actually quite difficult to switch from a situation where your entire team works in the office, has an actual physical water cooler around which you can have actual physical water cooler conversations around, and now you're forced, you know, to hang out on Zoom and to hang out on Slack, and that can be an incredibly jarring thing for you as a manager and for your team's output. Um, but before we get into that, I want to talk a little about why I've not updated this podcast for such a long time. And I want to apologize for that. So I'm really sorry. I know that the last podcast episode was in the middle of December. And the reason for that is, well, because of COVID-19. I flew back to my hometown of Kuching, Sarawak, on the island of Borneo in, the, in Malaysia in early January. In fact, I made plans in the end of December to come back all the way, you know, for the Chinese New Year holidays, which is one of the major festivals if you're ethnically Chinese and you belong to the region. Um, and what happened was that I flew back and I left all my recording equipment back in Vietnam, where I'm normally based out of. And then COVID-19 happened and I never went back. So I've been back in Kuching in my hometown um, with my parents for close to three months now and that's pretty terrible and so what I had to do was basically source for new podcasting equipment um, that was equivalent to the podcasting equipment I had back, back home before I could uh, begin recording this podcast so that's that I will I promise that uh, I'm gonna be back to the normal podcasting schedule and this episode it's sort of weird to be recording this back from my childhood home, right? And it sort of plays into what's happening, I'm sure, for many of us, where we are forced to stay at home with family. If you have kids, then you're you know, you have to, you're forced to work from home and have your kids around um, because of this unnatural uh, situation with COVID-19. Uh, and I want to talk about how to do this effectively as a manager. So I know there's lots of content out there. I will link to the show notes, uh, this free ebook that's released by Glenn Fleischman. I think it's I can't really pronounce his surname. I think it's Glenn Fishman, Fleischman, um, quote, working from home temporarily. And that, that book contains like lots of very pragmatic, practical advice for you uh, if you've never worked from home or never worked remotely before. But that's focus on you as an individual contributor, right? With individual productivity. I want to talk a little about uh, the perspective of a manager because your job as a manager is to keep the output of your team high or to increase the output of your team. And what's going to happen during this period is if you're not used to a remote work configuration, if your company is not set up normally for remote work, what's going to happen is that inevitably your team's productivity, your company's productivity is going to drop. Um, and your job as a manager is to try, during this period at least, to try to prevent that from being too drastic. So support your team, support the people on your team, and support the processes, sort of step in as a uh, human stopgap measure, human buffer for process breakdown, which is going to happen during this period. Because, you, you know, like if you're like most companies, you don't know how to uh, do things remotely. So the first thing that I want to talk about is when you are switching to a remote team, in my personal experience, you 
one of the, the, the worst things or that things that are sort of invisible is that you begin to realize how much is communicated in between tasks. So there is formal communication when you're delegating a task, you know, you're going to your subordinate and you're giving them specific instructions uh, or when you're onboarding a new subordinate, a new employee, there are specific formal things to be done, things to be communicated and those get recorded, those get executed. But there's a huge amount of communication that happens in between, right? The banter between lunch, um, the lunch conversations you have in the middle of the day. Uh, it could be things that, you know, you're actually talking about uh, in the water cooler during uh, around the water cooler or when you're making making coffee uh, in the office pantry there's a huge amount of invisible sort of communication and even banter back and forth right when you're sitting together in the same office and sort of Joe yells out to Mary and says that hey you know watch out for this thing or hey I, I've been trying to implement this and I don't understand uh, what's the requirements here and then Mary sort of walks over to Joe's desk and clears things up well None of that is going to happen now when you're in a remote team configuration, right? So what's what you're going to quickly realize is that without this sort of background informal communication that happens in the office, right, everything now becomes explicit. Everything has to be communicated either through email, through Slack, if your company uses Slack, or through meetings. And the weird thing about meetings, Zoom calls, whatever it is you use, is that if you have a meeting between, say, Joe and Mary, and the three of you decide something, right? Somebody has to record that decision and spread it to the rest of the office, right? You, you, you no longer can assume that everybody sort of overhears your conversation, uh, even if it's a very short conversation or a very small decision. You can't assume that that information spreads to the rest of your team, which you can if you were all in, an, in, a, in the same office and sort of you will have a discussion around Joe's desk or around Mary's desk. What this means for you as the manager is that you have to be the person who communicates, right? Don't give that task to Joe. Don't give that task to Mary. They are individual contributors and their job is to finish the task. If they're designers, then their job is to design. If they're programmers, their job is to do program. If their job as you know, product manager, then their job is to product manage, right? Um, but you as manager, you have this special responsibility because your job is to increase the productivity of your team. Your job now is to watch for these kinds of busy work, these kinds of um, communication overhead that sort of happens uh, in the background naturally in a more physical setting. But now because you don't have that physical setting, you have to step in and fulfill that function. And so what this means is that you have to constantly think, right? What decisions uh, do this matter to? Who are the stakeholders here? Who has to find out uh, and, and know about uh, the small decisions that you make over the course of a normal working day when you're uh, doing your work? Um, and this usually means uh, sort of aggregating all the changes and all the decisions, asking all your individual contributors to sort of tell you in your team when they've made decisions so that you can then aggregate and update everyone at the end of the day or the start of the next day. Uh, this can be through email, this can be through Slack, uh, this can be the morning stand-up meeting, which happens through Zoom or teleconferencing, right? What, whichever it is that you're using. Um, the important thing here is that that job belongs to you. And right now, the mindset shift that you have to have is that 
you have an additional duty, which is that as you are transitioning from physical working together in the same office to remote work, you are the person uh, as the manager who has to take up the slack of communicating all this. Uh, sometimes this can be as going so far as to writing the minute notes of important meetings. Yes, there are probably more important things for you to do. And yes, you probably will be annoyed because if you are in a startup, it's highly likely that you also have individual contributor responsibilities, right? Like I was a programmer in the past and when I became a manager for a couple months, six to, you know, six to eight months, I believe, I was still writing code. It may feel very annoying to you because you can't be as productive writing code and doing your individual contributor duties as you used to. But you have to do this. You have to sort of take the hit for the team in order to maintain productivity for the rest of the team because that is what a manager is supposed to do a manager is supposed to be the guardian the custodian of the productivity of the entire team right so on that ish on that topic you know um because you're going to be doing so much writing and so much uh, coordination work, right? making sure everybody has the same information, making sure everybody's updated on the same sort of decisions that everybody else on the team is making, you have to improve on your writing. And the worst thing that you can do here is to write incredibly verbose update messages. So my recommendation is to be as concise as possible. If you don't know how to be concise, then I guess this time is a great time, especially if you have a lot of free time on your hands because you're now stuck from home and you don't have a commute to go and learn how to write and communicate active effectively. Um, there are lots of guides online. Uh, I won't link to a particular one because I'm sure your preferences may change. Go browse a couple, you know, spend an hour or so browsing for writing guides. Um, I do believe though that people are more willing to read point forms. So in this particular case, you're going to be writing an update maybe every day, right? Because now you're in a working environment, you don't have stand-up notes. So your meeting minutes, even your stand-up meetings might need um, meeting notes. Uh, and that's your responsibility now. And so what you should do is just write point form, right? Simple, short sentences in point form, summarizing the decisions and the action items from every meeting, every decision, every discussion that you have. Um, and, and finding a way to spread that through the entire team. Now, that could be up to you. That could be common wiki like Notion or maybe you're using Fabricator, whatever it is, right? It doesn't really matter. So long as it is a standard central repository and this gets updated once a day or once every two days, whatever the cadence is, usually once a day, it makes sense. Um, and then goes out to the rest of the team, right? Write concisely, write comprehensively and make sure not to write too long and because if it's too long, people will begin to ignore it. This is especially true of daily emails uh, that you write to update everyone on what's going on or what's been decided. So we've covered making sure that you are now the stopgap measure. You are now the person that communicates things. Uh, you know, you step in as the internal information network. You are the human information network for your team. Secondly, write, learn to write concisely. Learn to write in point form during your regular updates. Third and last, wait two weeks and then do a one-on-one with every member of your team. And there are two reasons for this. The first reason is that not everyone is built from, for working from home, right? They, a lot of people, especially after the second or third day, begin to feel like you know, they feel cab shut in. Um, you could call it cabin fever, except that depending on where you are in the world, you might still be allowed to go out to eat or go out to buy food. Um, I'm in Malaysia. Malaysia is currently on lockdown. And I know many people who uh, have cabin fever because you're only allowed to go out and uh, you can't eat out. You can only take away. And they're beginning to feel very frustrated by this. 
And I think the other sort of uh, annoying thing that might affect your team's productivity is that everybody's sort of following the news because it, this is one of the rare times where the news actually does affect your life, especially if you're under lockdown. Whatever it is, whether it is because you're not, your team is not used to working from home, whether it is because they don't have an optimal ergonomic work setup from home, these problems will crop up at the end of the first week, right? But wait to the second week to talk to them and hear them out, right? Sort of uh, try to troubleshoot uh, with them problems that they have. Maybe if they have kids, um, you know, that, that could be another thing. You need to, and you need to be able to cut them some slack because you, the only sort of logical thing here is that their productivity is going to go down. That's just a fact of life. So check in on them after the second week. And the other reason for it, and specifically why I say after the second week is because you want to watch out for problems that may be coming. One week is too short, Two weeks, it usually becomes clearer. And remember the goal of the one-on-one. The goal of doing the one-on-one is to prevent problems before they happen. Um, And if normally when you're working in a physical office and executing day-to-day, you don't pick up on these things that might cause disruptions to your work down the road, then even more so now that you're in this weird, you know, drastic shift and you're all forced to work from home. So... Do wait for two weeks because that's when the p- possible problems will become clear and you know people will begin to notice or think about this and then do one-on-ones for each of them, both because you care about them and because you're responsible for their output and because you want to sort of troubleshoot problems with their productivity you know, way early in the process, but also not too soon because if you do it too soon, some of these problems, they may affect your deadlines down the road or affect very specific, important company-related, project-related tasks may not show up yet. So wait two weeks, then do the one-on-one, spend half the one-on-one focusing on them. And obviously, you know, like every one-on-one should be about your subordinate, should be helping them with their career and problems and productivity, whatever. Um, But then the second half should be you listening very carefully and very intently for problems that might affect your deadlines, problems that might affect your company's goals for the coming quarter, for the coming year. And I know, you know, with the coronavirus, with the COVID-19 sort of situation happening right now, it does seem that your business fortunes may be affected because of the coming global recession. Well, it's not guaranteed yet, but a lot of really smart people seem to say that many, many countries are due for a period of of terrible economic, um, terrible macroeconomic environment. And that may be sort of taking up some of your company's leadership's brain power. But be that as it may, it is still your responsibility as a manager to watch out for things that will affect your direct responsibilities, be that projects or, you know, key performance indicators, whatever it is. So do your one-on-ones, um, stay safe during this period, care for people and take care. I'll talk to you again in two weeks' time. Cedric out.